What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Views from the Baseline on behalf of Baseline Times. This is a special edition of Views from the Baseline. As always here, I'm joined by a familiar co-host, Mr. Demario Jackson. How are you doing, sir? The king is here! Hey, LeBron Ramon James. Full-time NBA Finals MVP! The six foot eight Kevin Hart. Yo, Chevy, I have somebody special that I would like to bring on. Let him, let him know, let him know. This person has been my best friend for 20 plus years. For some, for some reason, for some reason, he appointed me to be his son's godfather. Wow, look at us, look at us. And I'd like to introduce my brother from another my personal trainer. That's the reason why I'm looking so zaddy in all those new pictures. Mr. Christopher Cromier. Hey, LeBron James. LeBron James. There, there it is, baby. Number yeah. four. Man, thank you, tomorrow for that great introduction, man. Like he said, man, 20 plus years of friendship. Uh, I think it's been about like 17 years of LeBron fandom, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to be on the pod, Chevy. Thanks for having me out, my man. Um, I'm, I'm ready to discuss the guy that is the King Space Jam 2 number 23, LeBron James. LeBron. Welcome, guys. Yo, this is this is definitely a pleasure, man. We've talked so much shit back and forth about doing this, and it, here it is. I'm, I'm excited to be to doing this today for you guys. So obviously, we, we want to celebrate the King, man, you know, so we're... Cormier, you like to explain this? It's, we're called Super LeBron fans or Super fans. Uh, this is we're we're a part of the the James gang, okay? Okay. And the James gang uh, travels uh, just like the the team travels to uh, other arenas. Uh, we travel with LeBron uh, to wherever LeBron's uh, next destination is. Um, we usually get into it with the fan base uh, that is there because. We are just LeBron fans and That's it. Uh, not, not, That's fans, it. not fans of the team, nope. but they just have to deal with us because what we bring is championship pedigree to the table. And uh, wherever we have been, we have uh, won a title and we have left that place in a much better. Much that better. part. So I don't want to hear no, no Gabe Lloyd talking, talking all that Miami, that jargon, that uh, sword talk. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear none of that. It ain't about you. It's about LeBron, Ramon, James. 34,000. 9,000 assists and re Who else is doing? Ain't nobody doing that. That's the GOAT. I'm fired up. Year 17, baby. Year 17. Man, that's a that's a that's a lot. That's a lot of points. For someone who uh, is not a score, it's not a score. You will. You know what's crazy? I'm gonna start. I gotta start pulling up to people's like grandmother's house to demand respect. Cause like I see these little videos and it'll be like, you know, it's just like you know weirdos. But whatever. I shouldn't pay them no attention. But it'll be like best scorers in the league or most hard to guard players. And it's always like weirdos. But then like people will tell me, oh, LeBron isn't a scorer. LeBron isn't this. But he's on every scoring list at the top. Whenever you see like a only players to do this list is always Mike, LeBron, and Wilt. But for some reason, people will be like, I don't know, man. Alex English is a better uh, scorer than Bron. Like, what? What? Weird. Weird times, man. Weird. Very weird. 
It really is. Yeah, so we're, we're basically here as James Gang. We're in the building, as Cormier said, just to give those James fans out there, you know, a voice to be heard. This is our time. Uh, LeBron with number four and also the fourth finals MVP. Shout out to you, LeBron. And uh, today we'll pretty much just talk about what number four means to LeBron's legacy here. We'll talk a little bit about Laker talk, what to expect for next season. And then at the bottom of the show, a very special segment called Receipts where DeMario is known for screenshotting the shit out of every comment you make and will pull something up from 2004. I hold you accountable. I hold you account. I make sure that everybody in my immediate circle, I make sure that y'all don't, Y'all don't do no weird shit. Like, and now we calling it, uh, we're gonna start calling it uh, like you're acting Kellish. Cause we have yeah. a buddy named Kel. Uh, I love, I, like, I love Kel to death. He's one of my best friends in the whole wide world. He is the bad luck Brian of predictions. He, he's, whatever he says or whatever he like, I don't know, just do the opposite. You'll be a millionaire. Like I've never seen a person be wrong about everything consistently across the board, across all sports. It's crazy. And what's crazy is like, he's played sports. He knows sports. So it's just like, what are you doing? Like, what are you watching? I don't know. He's a Stevie Man. Wonder in the group chat. Shout out to Kale. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna sell Kale out just like that, Corby. How, how do you feel about <laughs> Kale? Tell the people. <laughs> you see, I let him go. <laughs> I got the Vino flowing. Hey. I'm, I'm fired up. I'm, I'm fired up. Hey, he fired up. But you know, in our, in our group chat, let's, we all gotta keep in mind that we have our fandom that goes on, and I feel like uh, because Kale has a lot of fandom go on, you know, with his particular sports team <laughs> causes him to to make predictions uh, that nobody else was thinking. Um, and well, it's, totally, is, uh, it's, totally, I mean, it's totally understandable like, based on if you want your team to really win, so you come up with scenarios that probably aren't going to happen. But like, okay, I'm a New York Giant fan, right? So I went into this year knowing that we're like tier one trash. One, maybe two wins at most, a top three to four pick. And like, Kale will go into the season knowing that like the Cowboys are like an eight and eight. It'll be like across the board. We will all be like, oh, Cowboys are all eight and eight. And he's texting me 14 and two. Like how, how? Like what, what do you know about the Cowboys that like no, and like, Come on now. Come on now. That that's that's the day of the life of uh, keeping the family group chat. Absolutely. Shout out yeah, shout out to all those guys though. I mean, you know, we, we definitely wanted to organize this episode and talk our shit today. Uh break it more vocal aspect and range. Uh let's talk about number four there here first and foremost. Uh both of you guys, how do you feel like this number, this fourth title adds to his legacy? Uh, you know, what's different about four? the obvious, you know, outlier being there's the bubble. Obviously, it's in a bubble. Uh, he's away from his family. We know that. Um, but, you know, anything else you guys feel like number four brings to the table for LeBron? I think number four cements his place as number two in the GOAT conversation uh, to Jordan, obviously. And I really think it shows his transition uh, to the next stage of his career, which is crazy to think, right? He's, he's 17 years in, and I'm talking about another like transition uh, in his career. People would think that's a, a, a transition to like a deep dive, right? But I wanna bring into uh, notice that people like 
Jordan and people like Kobe got better, right, over the course of their career because they got more cerebral. Now think of LeBron James, who was already cerebral, and now over the course of his career, right, you can see how he has managed his body, managed his whole career to be at this stage. So he's actually probably like, 10 steps ahead of us all. And he has big grand plans, uh, you know, for the end of his career. And I'm, I'm excited to see what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, the fourth title, basically, uh, it shows that people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, I don't know. I remember the beginning of the year when everybody was writing like their think pieces on like how, you know, LeBron is washed. Uh, like people told me LeBron and AD wouldn't be good first. That was like the first wildest thing. Then people told me that LeBron and uh, Clutch was ruining AD's career. They said that it was gonna be an awful decision. Um, then people told me that Iggy and Butler were two of the best Bron defenders. And he went out in year 17 and dropped 29.8, 11.8, 8.5 on 59.1% shooting and 41.7 from three. Like, here's what's crazy. This, in a sense, is like his fourth prime. We'll get on that another, like, whatever. Then people told me that he was only here to do movies. He won't win. And I quote, David Griffin said, LeBron isn't the same animal anymore about winning. And yeah, I know he built a school. He's been the front line for all black things, all human things. Shout out to Chris Thompson. But he's also a four-time MVP in the NBA Finals. What? What? You better put some respect on this name, like Birdman said. What? He said, put some respect on my name. And here's what's crazy. He's so disrespected to where, like, he went from they're not going to win, they're trash, trash 1C, the Bucks, the Clippers, all these other teams. And then slowly but surely, everybody start making excuses. And then now it's like, oh, that's the Mickey Mouse title. It doesn't, oh, you know, it's trash. It doesn't matter. And it's like, man, like those Marcus-ass fans like that can like suck on my knuckles, right? Like straight up, like trash humans. I just, at this point, if you're disrespecting him and if you're doubting what he can do and what he's capable of doing both on and off the court, you have like mental issues you have to i mean straight up straight up yeah i, I mean guys i mean number four is, is definitely a, like you, you mentioned chris adding you know adding him to the second place for sure in the conversation and then i just like how everybody felt like he was distracted by going to la you know he was starting to do the i promise stuff the clutch sports then he creates uninterrupted and then he has uh, the Spring Hill Company now, and it's all like, and then, then Space Jam too, right? Everyone talked all that shit, and it's like, at the end of the day, the man knew what his craft was and what what his platform thrived on. And that's him being a basketball superstar, and for me to see him do this, it, it eliminated all that excuse, like, oh yeah, LeBron just wanted to be Hollywood. I mean, a lot of these platforms and programs that he puts together is for other people, you know, for underprivileged children, for the you know, I Promise School, so. I feel like it's a big win for all that behind him in the last like five years that because remember he you know did the school before he left cleveland and then um after that you know he, he basically was told he was just going to come to do movies like you mentioned to mario so i love that like he had all this in the, like the blueprint and here's again he's a champion again so it's like kind of like haha like what else are you gonna say? I'm like a man of many trades. But let's let's put this let's put this into play. How, how crazy do you have to be? And these are experts, right? These are people who 
have been following the sport for decades at a time, right? But let's put this into play. LeBron James at the, you know, they consider the twilight of his career is saying, you know what, I wanna up and move to LA. All right, who wouldn't pick LA over Cleveland? Let me ask you two. Would you rather live in LA or live in Cleveland? You know where I'm picking it. You know where I live at. So DeMario's already in LA, right? So of course we would wanna pick LA. From one, a place of living. Kids are growing up. Now let's think of it the other part. LA has considerable amount much more money to spend or would spend on building a team around LeBron. So do you want to stay in Cleveland with an aging Kevin Love? We all love we all love Kevin Love, but with an aging Kevin Love, no other pieces around you to help you win a title and try to drag and carry them through the East or move to Los Angeles and have a robust lineup built around you, right? You are going, you're going there and already had some young players and some young talent that you could play around, see if you could get get them there to the, the championship. Didn't work out, got injured. Boom. What else can you do? Well, you're running mate on Clutch Sports, so happens to be a top five player and wants to get himself out of the Pelicans organization. Seems like it's a win-win, right? Um, so I think people just have to consider the media to be quite crazy and uh, LeBron haters at the end of the day because that move seemed really logical. And at the end of the day, he has his fourth title because of it. Not only, but, but like to piggyback off what you said, not only logical, but LeBron is one of those people to where he he wants to put himself in position to do things that have never been done before. Like he, like we all know that he's very calculated. So he went to Miami to get that game from Pat Riley in order to go back to Cleveland to win it for Cleveland. And then everything with LA, it just so happened that the, you know, like the 10 plus year drought for the finals and the six year playoff drought and Kobe retired. Cool. Let me, let me go out here and put them where they should be. He said that in 2018 and people laughed at him. He said, trust me. And then even last year, I believe they got eliminated or when he got hurt in the playoff, I'm sorry, uh, when he got hurt and when he was out for the rest of the year, he sent a tweet like, you know, I'm sorry guys or whatever, like, you know, I'll get us back. And, you know, a year later, they're here and like they've done it. And it's just, you know, it just proves how dedicated he is and you ask anybody you even see like what rondo and like uh, like a lot of his teammates have like praised him as far as like his work ethic and like his drive and his his high iq and what's scary is lebron now is like he's not as athletic as he used to be but he is sharp he is like he's already i mean popovich in 2013 was like he's the smartest guy in basketball and like now we're seven years removed and he's even smarter like and it's to the point to where it's like damn he's probably better than what he was in his like second prime with miami which most people call his best prime the dude has four primes can we talk about that like what who, who is that who can who can honestly say that that's that's crazy i i believe that this this is gonna be his virtuoso performance uh in the twilight of his career and i predict that they get the next two um, and they get the next two by Anthony Davis re-signing um, one year deals basically with the second year option, obviously keeping his window open to, to go anywhere else. Um, uh, once, you know, bronze in the twilight's career, career as well, get another star, right? It's LA, like who doesn't want to come play for the LA Lakers? So 
and think of it, guys, 17, 18, and 19 championship it would be, right? And it's 17, 18, and 19th year in the league. Um, so I think that matches up for the Lakers, and I think that matches up quite well for LeBron. Yeah, hands down, guys. I mean, I like what you guys said about L.A. And, uh, you know, when, when we were looking at a lot of, like, the bubble treatment and what these guys get in the bubble, you know, it kind of struck me that um, you know, the Lakers is a world-class organization. And then you had Jeannie Buss up there. You saw Rob Palenka. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, this they, they really came and meant business this time. You know, we want to get back to being a world-class organization where, where people want to come play with us. We're going to get the biggest stars in L.A. They're going to win championships for us. Um you know, if you're not a fan of big markets, you probably don't like that. Like, I, I don't, I don't feel like there's a, a uh, like Boston. You know, or New- we could talk about the Knicks all days, right, guys? Like, no one's go- want to go into these places, but I think LA is now a new destination. Kind of talking about the Lakers here a little bit this year. Uh, how do you guys feel about Anthony Davis being, in my opinion, it looks like LeBron has him at, under his wing, maybe best, you know, uh, bond between star player next to LeBron. I mean, obviously him and Wade are best friends. How, how do you feel, Demario, about the AD-LeBron chemistry? What I like about their chemistry is AD and LeBron, they both remove their ego. So instead of like that year one Miami and that year one with Cleveland when LeBron and Kyrie, Kyrie thought he was the man, D-Wade, it was just kind of like a, oh, like, I don't really want to give him the... With right now, LeBron is basically, he, it kind of reminds me of like the Godfather when uh, Don Vito was explaining to Michael uh, about the Barzini meet. And he was basically, he's like, like wholesale, like, you know, watch for the trainers. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, like, uh, what was it? Uh, watch for the traders. And basically what he is, is he's telling him like, look, I probably at best have a couple more years at this high, high, high play. What I can give you is game. And I can just show you better than I can tell you. With saying that, there's going to be moments where I need you to carry me, which was the end of that Denver game, which was, I believe, finals game, I think one or two, to where AD has showed up and he showed up big. And I think that now AD is fully bought in and he realized like, oh shit, like we could have something special. Like it's to the point to where this is almost... Shaq and Kobe-ish, except if Shaq and Kobe would have dead at the ego. Like, think about this. Shaq and Kobe could have easily won two to three to four more titles if it wasn't for ego. Because right when Kobe was starting to become the Black Mamba, that's when Shaq still kind of was... He was still a beast, but he was starting to fade. I mean, hell, he won a ring with Wade. Like, what was it, like, the next year after he was gone? So him and Kobe could have easily... And I think that right now... Uh, LeBron and AD, they both see that, and it's like go time. I think that this will wake up AD. Seeing him cry, yeah. Uh, and my boy Lakers Thrill Room, he actually take that. Seeing him cry, like that was like mad. That was like, oh shit, like I'm here, you know. And that was that was a special moment. I think that this might next year it wouldn't surprise me if AD's out there like on some like 32, 13 type shit, just like dogging because I think that now he realizes like. I'm unstoppable. Like, they can't control me. Like, I'm a beast. And, yeah, <laughs> that's a great thing. It's a great thing. Yeah, hands down. How about you, Carmen? How do you feel about their relationship? I think they have a great relationship. Uh, I think the relationship is, is certainly big brother, little brother. Um, I mean, the age difference definitely helps as well. I think when you have a bigger age gap, uh, it allows uh, for there not to be uh, somewhat that sense of pride uh, and ego, uh, as Demario alluded to. Um, you know, I, I think he's doing a lot of what Dwayne Wade did 
uh, for you know him uh, in Miami. I think it was a little bit you know different in terms of you know how Dwayne Wade told LeBron how to go get it. Um, I think it was just kind of explaining to him like you know I got your back. Uh, I'm gonna be second you know second fiddle. Uh, go get it you know but you're gonna have somebody here to depend on. I don't think it is, is as much as people, you know, say about the mental mentality. I mean, LeBron's always been, uh, I think, a, a player who's had a high mental aptitude and, and wanted it. He just didn't have any support. I mean, he's, he's, he's dragged certain teams that should have never touched the finals, you know, to the finals. I'll allow that first uh, Cleveland team. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think they have that great relationship, which is why I think Anthony Davis, uh, you know, with him is, you know, going to win two to three championships. And then Anthony Davis is going to have his opportunity to go back to Chicago and win his hometown uh, a ring and, and kind of do a, a LeBron James, right? Where you win a couple of championships in a place and then you go back home and you win a championship, um, you know, and then, hey, at the twilight of your career, you got another opportunity to to play somewhere else if you can you know, stay healthy. And uh, let's be honest. This is the healthiest that we've seen uh, AD too, right? Like he's when's mm-hmm. the last time you've really seen him play an entire season um, and really, really, you know, care about his body and, and stay strong. Uh, yeah, he's had something to play for, but I mean that's the point, right? That's why LeBron lured him over. Say, you know, if you have a, something to play for, you're gonna you're gonna not, you know, go down with those ticky tack injuries. You're gonna fight a little hard, harder. You're gonna prepare your body a little bit more. So I think it's the best for AD. And I think it's the best for LeBron James because he has another top five player with him. Yeah, yeah, definitely, Cormier. I, I kind of want to piggyback off for you as well because my idea now is, you know, they, they say that he'll probably sign a, a two to three year deal, right? Um, and that, that leaves that window open. I mean, he's, what, 26 now? Going on 27. So, I mean, he's still going to be at that age 30 where it's like, okay, I'm about to start getting into, like, the mental prime, right? And so... Like you mentioned, I think that opportunity of a two or three year deal leaves the door open to go back home, maybe go somewhere else. And um, but I think this is like the best career move for AD. Uh, like you said, it's just logical for AD in a sense, uh, joining Clutch Sports, getting the opportunity to play alongside LeBron. And then LeBron has—I feel like LeBron has this blueprint already, uh, just to lay out to him. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see how how they, they will unfold the next couple of years. And hopefully, it's something that would last for a few, a little bit longer than I might like. But uh, yeah, basically, uh, for for the Lakers team though, guys, right now, um, you know, those guys like they, they were called misfit guys. You know, like Dwight, you know, and JaVale McGee, these two goofy guys on the bench. Uh, you, you sign Avery Bradley, he doesn't show up to the bubble. Um, you know, then you sign J.R. Smith, to, you know, to join you in the bubble. Dion Waiters. I mean, these are just names that you just. This is an all meme team. This it's, is a, yeah. This is an all. <laughs> this is an NBA Twitter. This is. I never forget when 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 they started signing everybody. I was like, yo, this is like either gonna be really good or really bad. <laughs> because it's really like the all meme team. Like it, but it, it, it's like the players that you're like, well, like Deion Waiter, didn't he get like, didn't he eat too many edibles? Like what? Yeah, exactly. J.R. Smith doesn't own a shirt. Uh, <laughs> you know, Dwight Howard had all those issues last year. I feel bad. Like his son's mother passed away. He's had so mm-hmm. much. JaVel McGee is just shacked in the pool MVP for like the last yeah. like five or six seasons. What <laughs> you know what? You know what I noticed? Or even early on, they all bought in. Yes, bought in is the word. Like, it was, you could tell it was like, they all bought it. And what's wild is like, it's so crazy because you have like number one picks on this team and you have like 
LeBron and Rondo had those years where they're battling and beefing and all of that. And it was like, nope, we're going to dead that right here. And what's dope is like, you can tell that these players, they respect Vogel. Yes. Like you never once heard throughout the year that Ron and Clutch want Vogel out or no, you never heard any of that drama. Put it this way. You heard more about the Clippers and all that nonsense over there than you did from the Lakers. You heard nothing this entire year. You didn't hear a peep. You didn't hear like, oh, AD and LeBron is beefing, LeBron and, you know, this, this and that. No, you heard nothing. I think that when everybody else was talking and yapping, they were working. And ultimately, they came away with what everybody wants, and that's a ship. Well, that's, that's beautiful. That's, I couldn't put it any better, man. But again, it's, they're returning back to world-class organizations. So, I mean, for those of you that are anti-Lakers, that, it's going to be a good time for them again, man. I, I see a bright future for, for AD. And... They, they're returning back to a storybook franchise yeah. because they enlisted the help of the greatest on-court leader that the game has seen. And people might say like, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan alienated some of his teammates, right? Um, he he got some of them to play the, the the best that they could, but there were other teammates that like absolutely like hate the guy now, right? And LeBron James, I think when he goes down in the books, I think most of his teammates, if not all of them are gonna say that he brought the best out of me, right? And how many players are gonna be able to say that, right? Like, you can say you wanna will something out uh, of your teammates. There's a way to lead, right? Like Kobe led, you know, great, he led his way. Jordan led great, he led his way. But I don't know if there's ever been a player that has gotten the most out of every single team that he's been on. And that's why I call him the greatest on-court leader because it doesn't matter who's playing alongside him. He's pulled out the greatness in them to get his team the furthest that they possibly can go. And I say it's him because it's regardless of wherever team he's been on, they have elevated right in their play from year one. Well, yeah, like like Hove said it best, I'm Hyman Roth, so I made all my partners rich. And like, this is my second Godfather reference tonight. Uh, Hyman Roth was like a Jewish mobster in The Godfather. And like, he literally, he made all his partners rich. LeBron can honestly say that most of his teammates, if you played with him for a period of time, uh, you know, you won a title or you were in a position to win. Like, look at all the players who have left the Patriots, right? Who thought that they were going to be good, like the Dion Branches and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and all these other kind of bums, right? And look at, like, the Kyries and look at players who thought, like, okay, maybe I could do it on my own or maybe I don't need that. You need that cheat code. Like, there's there's been one for sure thing. Um, death, taxes, and LeBron being in the NBA Finals. Like, it's been, like that's like a... Like, <laughs> that's what happens. Like, it's a... It just... I mean, it is what it is. And what's crazy is like now the Lakers, I don't know if you guys peep, but, uh, you know, Gallinari said it's no longer about money, it's about winning. And then he tweeted out, congratulations, AD. And you have somebody like Tim Hardaway Jr. You have Joe Harris uh, that are free agents. You have uh, Davis Bertans, the guy from Washington. Those are all shooters. You then have players like Oladipo, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, you didn't have Zach Levine, even CP3 in that god-awful contract, you know? What happens now is, is like, this is like the, we're not in Cleveland anymore, right? A lot of players are like, ah, like Bron in Cleveland, I might want to. No, you're in LA. People want to come to LA. You're going to have people 
taking pay cuts. You got people climbing through the secret, uh, what was it, tunnels at Staples to get here. And it's going to be crazy. It's going to be very interesting how this NBA draft, because you still got those light skins up in the Bay. Steph mm-hmm. has been the most disrespected man this year. He's coming out. You know, you still got the Clippers. They're going to come back out. Like it's, But, like, there's so many moves to be made, and, you know, I'm excited for next year. All right, guys, let's get into some receipts here really quick. Uh, so, personally, uh, we've heard a lot of things over the last couple of years. From day one, when LeBron announced he was going to the Lakers, and there have been some really bad takes. Uh, Demario, Chris, they're both here to share some of the, the worst things. These are real-life things that are said or text that we have receipts, basically, to prove they were said. Uh, Jamar, you want to start off here and give us your receipts? Oh, uh, this is basically called like the Kell Hour. Oh, again? So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's bad. <laughs> so, in, uh, first of all, before the season started, right? Kell was like in this uh, black power, black political bag, right? So we were all in the group chat, and like, here's what's crazy. I'll give you a backstory. Michael Jordan, the whole 1991-1992 voting when he didn't want to um, co-sign a black Democrat from his home state because he claimed, or, like, you know, he didn't know enough about it. So Kale was like, he co-signed Michael. He's like, like, you know, Michael's a GOAT, I don't care, right? And then, like, the very next day, the very next day, right, like, he was like, had enough of 2020. I don't care about the NBA. Arrest the cops, which is rightfully so. I want them to arrest the cops, still for them to arrest the cops 100%, right? Then he goes into his bag. He's like, you need an organization that will make a fake-ass statement if you die. Word. Mind you, he's a cowboy fan. His owner is a is a plantation. Like, what? Like, it's just like a... So then it gets worse and worse, right? Because then he goes, how powerful would it be if LeBron came out and said, I'm not playing until these officers get arrested? So... I'm like, you just told me that your goat, you didn't care about him not speaking out on injustices or anything, but now you want LeBron, like, what, like, 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 what is this? Fast forward, now we're all happy watching the playoffs. Round one versus Portland. After game one, he goes, this series may be ugly for the Lakers. Like, they can't shoot, so I don't know how they keep up. Then, it gets worse. The next round against his Houston Rockets. I think there's one big reason why the Lakers should be worried about game one. We only put 39 threes. And I'm sitting here like, man, like, have you not noticed that like the first, anyway, it doesn't matter. Shab, question for you. Yes, sir. (laughs) Shab, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. So we, we're on NBA Twitter, right? You see a lot of uh, accountable, right? You see a lot of men and women who they get paid mm. so much money mm-hmm. correct no oh, yeah right Chevy they get paid to uh you know to say things um here's the thing I I'm in business development for a life sciences firm I don't claim to be some NBA guru guy I don't get paid for it I just talk mess with my friends like you know like we're doing tonight so you would think that the people who or speaking on this, like they would know a little bit better, right? Like, uh, what's her name? Jackie McMillan. Yep. She said, and I quote, "Who is gonna score versus the Clippers?" That same Clippers went into a one-three-one defensive zone versus one man named Luca. 
Like what? Like, like, man. From that to the Clipper smoke, I've had to see the whole year from Clipper fans that have been like, LA is, the Lakers are Hollywood. We, you know, we straight to the streets and all that kind of stuff. I'm getting messages from Kel, from Gabe. Uh, the worst people are the actual Laker fans who hate LeBron because the whole Kobe LeBron rivalry. Here's the deal with me. That Kobe LeBron rivalry for me went out the window when Kobe Green Bryant and Gigi and other people passed away that day. I swore to myself, I'm never going to argue. I haven't been on NBA Twitter since. I just haven't. It just, it's not in me. Kobe's last message was passing the torch to LeBron. So for you to still argue about that, you're an idiot. But you have people that are in LA that still have that beef. So I remember yeah, there were dude. Laker games that I'm watching with Laker fans, and they're like, they, like they don't want the Lakers to win. Like they're like, oh, LeBron missed that three. Damn, man. I thought, man, shit. I guess I'm not getting the real LeBron. And it's crazy because those same motherfuckers were out in the streets partying and raging and going on and on and on. So I'll end this by saying, people, humans, whatever, whatever, whatever LeBron has done to you over the last 17 plus years, <laughs> let it go. Let it go, please. That's all I ask because you look so foolish having to delete tweets or having to lower or move the rim or move the soccer goal post. So I'll end this with just respect the king, kiss the ring, four rings, bitch. <laughs> man, how do you, how do you follow that? But I don't you know. know I got I got some receipts myself. Um, not as personal as Mario. Shout out, shout out to Kel, man. We, we love you, bro. No, I don't want no problem. You feel me? I don't, I don't want them hands. I know you've been, you've been, you know, trying to box and whatnot. Um, but let me get into my receipts because uh, they're they're quite funny. Some come from well-known commentators. Some come from you know some friends. Uh, the first one I got is coming from my friend Tim. Um, out of the day buddy Bogley chat. I am a, a Sacramento's Kings fan. So, you know, we're over there rotting away. That's another story for another time. But he says that the real King James is Jimmy Butler. So guys, you know, we love Jimmy Butler, right? Jimmy Butler's all heart. It wasn't him that was a problem in Chicago and it wasn't him that was a problem in Minnesota. Right, we know that. Or it wasn't the problem in, in the 76ers, right, Philadelphia. Uh, but he ended uh, game six with 12 points, seven rebounds, eight assists, eight assists in game six, and a, a negative 18 plus or minus. Wasn't heard about. Did any of you guys hear Jimmy Butler catch any flack? None. Nope. None whatsoever, right? And I believe... LeBron got reamed, and he averaged a triple-double against the Spurs in the time that they got swept. Am I not? Am I right? Close yep. to it? Yep. Right? So it's just really crazy that people have these so far-fetched expectations for LeBron James, and they put these goalposts really high up that they don't expect anybody else to hit. That should already let you know LeBron James' greatness, right? Because he has standards that nobody else has to live up to, right? Uh, our own Skip Bayless. We love Skip Bayless, don't we? Oh, man. Skip. He said LeBron oh, James man. didn't come to L.A. to win titles. Instead of being Michael Jordan, he came to be Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> now, I think LeBron is funny in movies, right? I, I think he does an excellent job. But 
I'm sure that he's not forgetting about his day job. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that he knows where his bread and butter is uh, and he proved it by getting his fourth title. I think we would all agree there. Um, DeMario mentioned this earlier, uh, the six foot eight Kevin Hart, but our own Rob Parker said LeBron James came to be the six foot eight Kevin Hart. Man, Rob Parker, you said some crazy things, bro. I was a hater. You need to be out of TV. I know that for sure. Six Jaylen, Kevin we, Hart. <laughs> hey, we all remember Jalen Rose, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think more famous for having 81 put up on him. And to make it all worse, there's a commercial <laughs> that throws it in your face. And it's going to be on for years to come. He said LeBron will win an Emmy before he wins another title. An Emmy. Now, I think that disrespects the people who do acting full time. I think that gives LeBron a lot of credit, <laughs> but I, I don't think he's winning any Emmy or any award for Space Jam 2 anytime soon. Um, let's go. Most Spates. He said back most then. Spates. Most Spates. Most Spates, right? <laughs> most Spates. He said back then, we used to celebrate three peats. Mo, um, first of all, you shouldn't speak by being like the 10th man on the bench. Right, coming off of a Warriors team, um, and you weren't even uh, you weren't even the best tenth man. David West was before you, right? <laughs> and then before that was uh, David Lee. So, you know, in those championship runs for the Golden State Warriors, you were the least thought about player, and you should probably stay off the internet. Um, yeah, man, that, those are some receipts that I've had over the course of the year, um, and it just speaks to LeBron James's greatness and the hate and the blood for the rest of these individuals that we've listed. Nasty. Well, it's nasty, bro. As Damari would say. Nasty. Nasty, bro. bro. That is, bro. That's, that's an incredible segment right there, man. So, word to advice to our homies. Like, what made you What made you think that after, after viewing LeBron, okay, for the last 16 years prior to this year, what made you think, like, damn, LeBron don't have it in him. Like, LeBron, Le Le nothing! It's not... Last year, if he would have came out and, and like, let's say, shot like Westbrook or, like, you know, or, or just been trash or something, he ended up getting hurt. Cute. Like, what? But it's like, you didn't see anything, like, out of the, like, when uh, when he got hurt, I believe they were in fourth place last year. And then fourth all hell broke and whatever. But, fourth place. I mean, ah, man, it's just crazy. Hopefully, hopefully people will just shut up or I'm going to screenshot it. That's nice. how much hate people. That's how much hate people have in their blood for LeBron James. He got an injury that that was going to last until about what ten games left in the season. But what happened is that the team without him couldn't win. They were in fourth place and they dropped all the way out of playoff contention. And then it didn't matter for him to come back, right? Like. Why, why am I going to rush to come back to play these last 10 games when they don't, they're not going to mean anything, right? So that season didn't fail because of LeBron James. LeBron James had them in fourth place with the group of players, the crop of young players that he had. Um, and if he didn't have that injury, we can assume that they would still be somewhere in the mix um, and he'd have a chance, you know, the, that year to, to win a championship. It didn't work out. And then lo and behold, the next year, you know, he gets a top five player and a championship in one of the craziest years and craziest environments that you, you could be a part of.
All right, guys. The Raptors show up here. Let's just talk about a little bit about the uh, NBA bubble. So, what's your opinion here about the uh, bubble this year? Uh, how, how do you guys feel about it? initial reactions, uh, the whole setup and production, and you know Adam Silver, how great of a job he's done so far. Uh, Chris, how do you feel about the season in the bubble? Man, Adam Silver is the best uh, around, right? As, as far as uh, you're thinking of individuals running leagues, he's behind his guys. Um, he totally, you know, heard their voice when they said that they didn't want to come back unless they can uh, talk about social injustice uh, um, subjects. Uh, he also put together this amazing, amazing bubble, right, where they had zero tests, right, come back positive. Like, zero. that's just absolutely crazy, right? And that just is one a testament of his organizational skills it's a testament to how much the players believe uh in him as a commissioner um and it also says how much the people that he uh is in control of you know his employees his subordinates you know trust him um because everybody did their job and you that's what leaders do they help other people do their job and then they do the people do their job great so you know that's an a1 job you know, they put barbershops up. They put different events that the players could do. They made it as much of a good time for the players as they could. Um, and they made it lucrative for themselves. But they also made it influential, uh, like how the players wanted them to, to have it. So I was all for it. I mean, we had games. They were having games at like noon, right? When it had yeah, first for you started. Guys, like, yeah. I was in heaven. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm yeah. posting up. I'm about to watch this games in from 12 to 9 p.m. at night right like we were totally mesmerized it was mm -hmm. great that um <clears throat> they did that for us i'm appreciative that they did that for us because none of these guys really had to come out and risk you know their lives because you know you're, you're truly doing that since we don't have a vaccine for you know COVID 19 um <clears throat> you know the risking risking their lives to play the game that they love but also entertain us and so at the end of the day I think as fans, we need to to look at that and, and be extremely grateful that we were able to see the bubble and, uh, you know, see these guys compete at the highest level. Kind of brought me back to AAU, you know, as well, where you could just hear everything that was going on in the gym and guys were just going at it. It was it was a great time. Facts, facts. What about you, D? Oh, I loved it. Um, Adam Silver, he... He put his place in history, um, unlike previous um, eras of players and general managers and just people just didn't care. You look at like Rodney King in 1992, and I looked it up. You didn't see any stuff from Magic. You didn't see any stuff from Jerry Rice. Uh, you didn't see any stuff from, uh, you know, sports stars or musicians or anything. It wasn't until um, this kid from Akron started to become very vocal about certain things um, that inspired even a Kobe to start to speaking up. Like a lot of people just didn't care. And for me being like a LeBron fan or for me being like a fan of like the NBA and stuff, it goes beyond like the NBA, like what we watch. It's like how they go about doing business. And I was so happy to watch uh, Jalen Brown do his walk and Jason Tatum and Chris Paul with the HBCU and a lot of that happened because Silver has basically gave them the green light just by being real because this shit does matter 
and uh, Tobias Harris, uh, I believe, you know, he, you know, has been very, very outspoken. He's one of like my Twitter bros. And um, it's just really cool because you have people like Kale <laughs> who doubted, <laughs> who doubted these black men and they're black men first. They're not like your goat, Kale, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, who does not care about you or black people. Um, they care about black people. They care about the advancement of black people. Uh, LeBron is setting up the voting booths at Dodger Stadium, and uh, they're doing a lot of voting in the NBA stadiums. And we're seeing stuff that has never been done before, quite frankly. And I think that in 20 years, it'll be in a much better place because they're laying the foundation for the next generation. Unlike uh, Michael Magic and those heartless uh, bastards from the previous eras that left us with nothing, uh, this new era has created their own. And I can't wait to see the, you know, the Lucas, the Jamal Murrays, the, you know, Spider Mitchells of like the 2020s to see, you know, how far they take it. So uh, I'm excited. Happy no one got hurt. No positive Corona cases. Uh, Adam Silver is the GOAT. That's it. Facts, facts. That was really good, guys. That was, that was beautiful. I don't know if we can end the show any better than that, but that's how I definitely feel. There's nothing much more to say. Uh, Chris, you know what time it is here. It's time for shout-outs. Anyone you want to shout-out on your first? This is your podcast debut, by the way, right? This is my podcast there you go. debut. And uh, obviously, what better subject than LeBron James? Facts. Uh, obviously, being a part of the James gang, uh, you know, following him over his uh, 17-year career, uh, it's been an honor to be on uh, this show with both of you. Uh, I'd like to shout-out my son, Davion Lee Cormier. As Demario alluded, he's the he's the god parent. That's that's our guy right there. Want to shout him out? Uh, I know he'll listen to this uh, when it comes out, and you know he'll say, "Is that daddy?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it is." You know? ah. <laughs> that is I. That is I, son. Um, shout out to him. Uh, shout out to my group chat, Debelli uh, Boldly. Um, you know, I'm a Sacramento Kings fan, so I I am talking about LeBron, but don't get it twisted. I'm a I'm a Kings fan and. You know, we won't win a championship anytime soon, but I'm still I'm still rocking with them at the end of the day. Um, and then shout out to my day one chat. Shout out to the Gniff chat. Everybody in there. Much love. Yeah, yeah. What's up with you, Damara? Who you got a shout out tonight? Man, shout out to you, brother. My, uh, you know, my 30-year-old brother. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been knowing and speaking sports with Chevy for like 15 years. It's like the yeah. wildest thing. Half my life. We all meet, literally, like, we all meet in like this MySpace chat of like me, him, Gabe, Nate. I remember, I remember telling Zach and all my day one homies about like MySpace and shit. And they're looking at me like I'm a freak. They're like, "Wait, nigga, you stay up all night talking to dudes online about sports?" I'm like, "Yeah, Do you know him? Nah, made a homie." Then when then when we all started like you know even like CT like it's crazy. I met CT in a Yankee chat, and I told CT in order for me to add him as a friend, I was like give me the three Yankee players that had like a triple crown or I said something stupid and he got it I became friends with him and now like I've known CT so long I really think that like I'm like damn like that was my space too like it's just like a very um it's dope because rarely can you get like 10 to 15 men in a group chat 
and it goes from just like strictly sports and like very surface level stuff to every single day we challenge ourselves with um, any and everything. It just kind of depends on what the topic is. And it's very cool because I learn so much on the daily about things that I never really have cared to learn, know about, or just like just knowing about from like Marcus and Kale and like, you know, MAGA CT and just all of us. Uh, so Shout out to Chevy. Uh, happy that you're 30, man. You know, I gave you like some blessings or some things, uh, you know, to do like my, you know, the number one thing that I can say is like uh, dead all things that don't matter. Uh, your life, only thing that matters right now is Colin, uh, you know, wifey, yourself, your family, your friends, anybody who hasn't bringing you peace and love and happiness, uh, dead those relationships. You don't need them. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Um, and yeah, that's it, man. That's it. Love y'all lots. Uh, shout out to LeBron. I'm so happy. I cried like a baby and I pulled up to Staples Center. I, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, we getting a five next sure year. Sure did. Ah, oh, what's up? What's up? There we go, baby. On the five. And we on the five and six. Five and six. What's happening? You feel me? We need all of those. We I came for all of them. LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James.